Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, this is Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance, where our business is the success of your business. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, facilitator, and your host of the Elevate Business Podcast. The Elevate Business Podcast is a journey of discovery fueled by the curiosity to genuinely understand what makes people tick when it comes to their professional path, choices made, and the personal characteristics that drive performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately success. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contributions of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful, the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person performance from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their business, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to episode number 21 of the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Jeffrey Doucette, CEO of Thrive Career Wellness. Jeffrey's passion for empowering people within their careers led him and his business partner, Tristan, to develop a software that emphasized upskilling and reskilling seeking to equip every job seeker with the tools they need to advance their careers by offering the best digital and uh, traditional outplacement services to own your career. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and your journey to where you're at today. Yeah, sure. Um, So, you know, it's been an interesting winding road getting here today. Um, So I started the business about six years ago. Uh, with my business partner Tristan, um, and at the time, uh, our mission since since we started has always been that we think you know having a job that you love that you care about is one of the most important things in any individual's career. We originally started our company um, to build software to help people look for a job when they left university and college. Mm-hmm. So we we were graduates. We met each other at McMaster University, and we we were frustrated with the quality of software that was offered to. Uh, our peers. We knew a lot of people struggled to find their first job um, and and we wanted to build software to help them do so. And so our company was originally, you know, formed under the thesis that there's a ton of opportunities out there. Um, if people understood better skills as to how to manage their jobs or to track their opportunities, um, they'd be more productive and looking for a job. And we kind of approached the, the job search problem as a sales cycle and let's build a, a product that looks like a sales tool to help people execute on it. And that was the first product we launched, uh, which was called CareerJSM. And we sold that um, product to university and college career centers um, and then evolved from selling to university and college career centers to selling to career transition companies around the world. 
and career transition companies are companies that uh, help people look for a job when they've been laid off or terminated um, by their previous mm-hmm. employer. Uh, and then about three years into doing that or two years into doing that, uh, we had received a lot of feedback from our customers, talking to users and thought, you know, while looking at the job search is a really important component to looking for jobs, um, there's a lot of other things that people can need or, or resources that, that can help them advance their career fundamentally. And those are things like upskilling, um, reskilling, mm-hmm. um, improving their skill sets as an employee mm-hmm. or a potential employee. Um, and so that's where Thrive was born. And uh, we launched Thrive um, as commercially at the end of 2018, started 2019. Um, and, uh, and, we've been, and that's our, our main focus um, going forward. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. It's a, it's a fun company. We've grown, grown tremendously. We're sitting at about 20 people right now. And I think we're hiring five, we have five or six roles posted. Um, so we're going through a really interesting period of growth. And I'm looking forward to telling you more about uh, myself and, and what we do. Fantastic. All right. No, that's great, Jeffrey. And appreciate sharing a little bit about your, your background, your experience, and really what's like the evolution of how you're helping empower um, not just employees in terms of reskilling, but also people in the job market and looking yep. to see how, um, how they can um, really garner the skills they need to be able to, um, to get another job. And so I'm curious, even just for yourself and, and throughout this transition, what is it that's kind of fueled your performance along the way? Um, you know, it's interesting. Like, so I think of performance as exceeding expectations. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, being like delivering or meeting expectations can sometimes be easy. Um, expectations can be clearly defined. Um, and I think good companies, as well as like good leaders and good employees, you know, exceed expectations. They go above and beyond um, and, and they, they set ambitious goals. So for me, um, I'm thinking about our, myself as an individual, but as well as, as our company, you know, one, charting where we want to be in two, three years um, in, a, in an outcome that would like really exceed expectations. Those can be you know, revenue targets, those can be company size, number of users, all these things that, you know, flow into your overall performance. Um, and making sure those are those are exceeding expectations is a, is a really important thing. Um, and then executing on those on a day-to-day basis, you know, fuels that performance. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes it can be very simple little things um, that, that create a culture of exceeding expectations. Um, we have we, one metric that we we advertise advertise to our customers is the response time on our on our live chat. We're a small company, but early on we had a culture around like quick response to um, to any live chat, and it was open in our Slack. And like my, my I myself would jump in and answer a live chat if there's nobody else available to do so. Um, and th- those little things, you know, build up an attitude to like exceed those expectations. I mean, that creates a culture that I think allows you to win um, and allows you to, to grow, grow quickly and, and make your customers really happy. 
Mm-hmm. So the, there's a few golden nuggets in there, Jeffrey, with regards to identifying culture, the environment, the behaviors, and even the habits, um, and you showing up and and exhibiting all of those expectations to your team members. Um, how do you further create that environment for your team members to thrive? Um, I think that, you know, with regards to, to performance, I think once, so again, comes down to setting expectations mm-hmm. um, and, you know, setting expectations um, and setting a uh, around who you are as a company and what performance I think means to you as a company, tying it back to the first question um, is really important. I'll, I'll give you an example um, of someone I didn't hire. So um, I was in an interview with uh, a developer, you know, a long time ago and they, um, I asked them what customer service, you know, meant to them and mm-hmm. what like user focus meant to them. And they, you know, explained to me how at their company, they had this great system where, you know, bugs and issues were really aggressively like categorized. And that meant that, you know, developers could be focusing day to day on the bigger problems and not on like small expect small things that come up mm-hmm. and like that was the wrong answer mm-hmm. uh, and and the reason for that was because you know that might work at IBM um, or or Microsoft but at a company that that's our size you know mm-hmm. people us not fixing and the, where we're at compared to our competitors like our competitors have 5,000 employees, like us not fixing small issues, even if they're, they might be small, you know, can have a dramatic you know, impact on performance. So one is, is attitude, right? And the, the second part, I think, um, is just also giving people the space um, to exceed expectations, um, to, to own projects, um, to, to set the, the expectation as to what the finished product um, looks like. It's tough for someone to exceed expectations if you've defined the outcomes and you haven't given them any like any uh, involvement in the creative mm-hmm. process and in how it's 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 basically um uh, how, how that manifests itself and the final part i think is you know said going back to um the first comments i think i was making maybe a question or two ago was around also context setting of the goals that we're trying to achieve right because um the the goals that we are trying to achieve is, are going to naturally, you know, attract certain types of individuals or set a context for how the company operates on a day-to-day basis, right? Like the urgency that we work if we're trying to double mm-hmm. our revenue every year, it's going to be a lot different than a company that's looking to grow by 10% every year. Um, and uh, and so context setting, and yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm going on for a while, so I'll stop because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do that. That, that's great, Jeffrey. Hearing a few things there, underlying trends for you is that, you know, as a leader, you are leading from a place of servancy, essentially. So you're helping serve your team members by showing or exhibiting the behaviors that you want to see within your organization, but then also to setting those expectations that they need to take a lead within their role, especially around that customer service piece, because as a small business, uh, and we relate to that, you're wearing multiple hats. And customer service means something totally different from a small business to a larger business. So having those attitudes or those soft skills coming into your organization is really key. 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, you touched on something that can be very challenging as an, as a smaller company um, in the sense that, you know, I was, I was having this conversation actually with our team as we're setting goals for the year three days ago. So, you know, some of these topics are top of mind, you know, as a small company, we naturally have a very flat organization um, and we naturally have a very collaborative work environment, mm-hmm. um, which, which is great. And I think that we've built our company on being good at collaborating on people, not just working in their own box and working across a number of functions. But then at the same time, that can also create challenges. And mm-hmm. when you're in a larger organization, you tend to have much more defined organizational structure. It uh, looks a lot more like a military organization than like a flat organization. Right. Um, and that's something that can be challenging, right? Because um, so something we were talking about a lot this year is we want a lot of collaboration and we want a lot of conti- to continue the cross-functionality that we see. But we also want an intense performance culture around accountability Mm -hmm. because when there's a lot of collaboration accountability can become poorly defined um and so you know giving people the space to work together while also giving people the space to step up and own projects can be a um a gray area there and it can be can be challenging for people to sort it out um and and they can sometimes be you know unaware and there's like it's funny there's a quote i um I heard at the end of 2020 when I was watching a movie that, you know, basically uh, in a way highlighted some challenges, I think, that that sometimes we had as we quickly scaled our organization. It was from a movie called like The Two Popes, which was on Netflix. And it's about the Pope Benedict and John Paul and the transfer of power. And um, and the uh, the quote was essentially um, when there's no one to blame, everyone's to blame. And, and that's something we've been thinking, I've been thinking about a lot in the sense that while we grow quickly, while we add new processes, it's so important to ensure that we still stay accountable, that individuals own certain projects so we can move quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just realized that I said Pope John Paul is supposed to be Pope Francis and Benedict, so. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no, no problem at all. Um, no, there's a few things I was actually writing down as you were, uh, as you were chatting there, Jeffrey. And, you know, again, coming back to this idea of setting expectations, um, taking ownership, but then also having these clear goals that other people that can actually have input on. So not just saying, hey, these are the goals, let's go, let's go after them, but having getting input from your employees. How, how do you manage that? And how do you make sure everybody's kind of on the same page moving forward towards the same goals where we've seen other growing companies, you know, it's easy to break off into silos or to start working in different directions. Yeah. So I think, you know, what you just hit on is an area that I think I've struggled with um, and that I'm trying to get a lot better at. Uh, And the reason for that is, um, so when, when you are trying to, when you're growing really quickly, um, sometimes you are measuring things in weeks and months. um, And like the thing that I think happens is that context changes rapidly um, and context changing rapidly can really um, confuse team members rightfully so about what the priority is this week what the priority is next week and i think that it's, context is easier to absorb like the longer you've been at the company um the maybe where your role is in the organization 
but it can be very challenging for the whole company when context is changing. So something that we're trying to do a lot better of, and I'm trying to do a lot better of, um, as we add new business partnerships, as we um, bring on new customers, as we continue to monetize our product in different ways, is setting the proper context as to one, why we're doing things, um, and then two, how this plays into like the larger strategy. Because mm. like, don't get me wrong, there has been times that I've told a colleague, a team member, a group, you know, this is our priority for the next month. And then like three days later, I get off a sales call and I'm like, this is our priority for the next month. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that can be like very discouraging um, and it can be frustrating. But if you do the right, if you explain why, okay, well, look, like we all like working here, this is going to double our revenue, we think, or this is going to, you know, allow us to grow our team by two to three more people because of the length of the deal or the size of the deal, then people tend to get around, get, um, get behind it and they mm. tend to understand it. Where they mm. don't do that is when it's just, it seems like a very arbitrary dictator-like decision that isn't well thought out. Yeah. And a lot is coming up there, which it, which kind of leans on to whole person performance and part of that in which Intuity Performance does. And this isn't a plug, just an offering in the sense of performance information. But so in looking at whole person performance, especially with companies that are growing and scaling, it's really important to set objectives so that they're, you know, you have your SMART goals within them, but also with regards to accountabilities. And the biggest thing that's coming out around that piece for me is, you know, setting proper objectives, but then having pivots within that. And then also having your stretch goals within that. So team members will understand, you know, out of the gate that here's where we want to go at the end of the line. But Jeffrey might be coming in, you know, once every week or every two weeks and we might be pivoting, but it's still going towards that major objective Um, and having those solid roots, which I feel like organically you're going towards helps create that transparency and conversations around performance. So I think that's great. Oh, for sure. So Jeffrey, I know, um, you know you guys have been been growing over the past two years and growing up to about 20 employees now onboarding another five employees uh, at the moment. How have you kind of managed um, seeking out people that are right fit for your organization? Yeah, so that's a hard one. And we've definitely had, you know, swings and misses on this in the past. And we've learned from it. Um, I think that, you know, one is... Um, a lot of people want to work at startups or at a company that's our size um, and often for like the wrong reason. Okay. And so um, working at a comp- early stage company can be seen as you know, more glamorous or innovative um, or like there's going to be a ton of perks. Um, and those might be available at technology companies that are maybe a lot larger than ours, which aren't really even startups anymore. Um, and we found that you know, there's, there's certain types of people that, that we want to attract. Right. Um, and so there's certain types of people that um, can deal with fast context switching, um, can understand um, and are comfortable working in what is what I would call like a more, the less structured environment. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part to that is like, we really like finding what I would call mission oriented individuals um, and mission oriented individuals you know, one, the obvious one can be that we are, they are very, um, they, they, 
they really resonate with our mission, our, our corporate mission, what we're building and, and our software. Um, but that doesn't need to be every single person. Like not every single mission-oriented individual, you know, needs to love or care, think that solving employment problems is the most important thing in the world. Um, they just might be an extremely passionate person about doing their type of job really well, and they approach it with a mission type attitude. I mean, like we've all been to like restaurants and had servers that are like mission oriented that like mm. truly care about doing a really good job mm. and are great at their job and, you know, provide a great experience and exceed those expectations um, through great performance. So as much as you can during the interview process, figuring out what makes someone tick, what their motivations are um, and, and aligning the job with them um, is, is really important. And that's both pre-interview process as well as when you like hire them, right? Because like, you know, you might have a certain person whose mission is to make a lot of money. And like, that's great. I like, I would love to make a lot of money as well. And, and, but, and they're, but they're going to respond to a role and um, a comp compensation package mm. that is designed in a certain way compared to somebody that is, you know, has a different mission. Mm -hmm. and, and what you're identifying, Jeffrey, is that, you know, your, your corporate culture and your beliefs and the expectations of, of individuals and their soft skills and the roles really aligns with what you're doing out there with your job ads and then how you're onboarding people and then how you're having conversations with your team members as well. So that's fantastic. I just wanted to go back for a moment there, if you don't mind, something that was really interesting to me with regards to having the expectation of team members to pivot and to move quickly and to have agility, um, to utilize different soft skills is what I was hearing around project shifts. And as a small to mid-sized business, it's almost that gray area between totally organic around what we're doing to somewhere around some structure with job descriptions versus that corporate militant, this is what you do, this is how you do it. So my question around that, Jeffrey, is, you know, are you looking at creating project teams? So looking at skill sets within your team members and looking at the project on deck or something that's coming down the pipeline and then basically placing those people or your team members that have those skill sets with that particular project. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that's something we talked about a lot um, right now. And, um, you know, that's, I think we're, we're getting close to the size where that's feasible. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, that's a, um, it's, that's an interesting thing. Um, and I think that also brings up, you know, a challenging thing often for entrepreneurs is the sense that, you know, corporate best practices, management strategies, um, you can throw those out the window depending on the size of the business or how you're growing your business. Um, and, and you need to really um, hone in on where you're at, right? So, yeah. you know, right now, like a, a good example to that um, would be like right now on, on our technical team, we have this, you know, certain functionalities that our development team does. One can be you know, setting up new customers, setting up the product for new enterprise customers, which takes up X percentage of time. You know, the next might be overall R&D into improving the product um, features, which can sit on both the job seeker side of things, as well as on the enterprise side. And then the third part, fourth part would be, you know, infrastructure, maintenance, so like that's our R&D team right now, right? Right. Um, and right now we probably have like three more people than we do functions. Um, and so, 
you know, as we get to the point where we can set up, you know, four person teams, like four functionalities, that's, that's something we'll do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know one of the things that came up in a, in a previous conversation, Jeffrey, was around this idea that, you know, running a startup, you always feel like you're short staffed. Yeah. Um, so how do you, do you look at getting, um, I guess, the most out of the staff that you have and, and stay focused on the, the priorities um, that aren't ever shifting? Yeah. So, um, you know, like we have a, a backlog. Of stuff we want to do right and i think you know i calculated that we could do no new things or tristan my business partner calculator and like it would take us like 18 to 24 months to like finish all the stuff we've already identified that we want to do um and like so you know again i think that is you know comes back to actually the type of person that needs to be the type of company because you could feel overwhelmed and like you're constantly drowning um with that like reality um but then the second part of it is again like context context setting um value for money and like always doing the things that you know at the time like can create the greatest um value right so we might have like feature sets in the market which is true that the you know you can enhance all these things and spend all of our time enhancing existing feature sets or you might have a new thing that we believe if we add that you know it opens up this whole other segment or this other big customer base and so this is a bigger priority than that because of like the impact it has on the business um and again that's that's really where it comes down to is like context setting and, and value um and what has the biggest roi I think the challenge there is that, you know, the things that have the biggest value are the hardest things to do. Um, and it is always easy to almost, I would say, like pick up and work on the easier things that have the lowest ROI. So that that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And so how do you push yourself to focus on the hard things that have the greatest value rather than gravitate towards the the easy things? So that's based on where we want to be in three, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, sometimes I think feel, it feels like building a company. Um, you know, you see all the startup graphs of this nice linear graph. Um, and it's more like these boxes, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, you hope that every quarter or every month you can, you know, take build the biggest box that takes like the biggest step forward for the company. So, if we're setting a goal and it could be like, let's say finance was one of our goal in three mm-hmm. years, our revenue needs to be here. Well, we're sitting here. What's going to like allow us to make the biggest gains. Right. And if mm-hmm. we spend our time doing these small little things, we're never going to get to where we want to go. Mm. Oftentimes we see there's opportunities to create a bit more synergy between those operational strategic objectives and our performance for our people objectives. So how do you currently bridge that right now? So you talked about boxes on a monthly yeah. quarterly basis. How do you realize those um, against or within uh, your team members on a daily or weekly basis? So um, I think people improve the most by doing good work. And um, I think that, um, 
you know, like, um, I kind of think, I mean, this is might be a contrarian opinion, but um, I think like things like career management or um, personal development is kind of a waste of time. Um, and, and the reason I think that is because um, if you put people in positions to take on new projects and, and like do new things um, and learn new skills, like they get better and they become worth more to your month, your company. So you pay them more and they're happy because their, their career is growing. Right. Mm -hmm. So for myself, when I'm like talking to some of my direct reports or um, we're talking about how our individuals grow, like we don't think about it as like, you know, in the next quarter, I'm writing down that I want you to get better at X, Y, and Z. It's actually, these are business outcomes that we need to do. And, and you're, you're going to learn how to do it. And that as a result is going to drive like professional and career development. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's definitely an interesting approach. And, you know, although you're identifying that's contrary, I, I would positively challenge that, Jeffrey, in that you're doing it within your organization. You're, sure. and you're putting that focus on the training and development and doing versus hiring a third party that may not totally align with what's currently on going on within the walls of your operation. So that's fantastic. Really appreciative of those insights. Um, so what are three words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear? Three words of inspiration. I don't know if I have three words. Uh, well, so actually I have here, so this is my notebook. Um, and this is, uh, so my, my girlfriend got me this for Christmas. Um, and so I really like it. Um, and it has my favorite quote inscribed on the back. Um, and so it's a leather book, with my favorite quote inscribed on the back. Um, and the, the, my favorite quote is the man arena speech that Theodore Roosevelt gave. Um, and it's quite famous speech. And I think that, you know, there's a part of it that, um, you know, I'm not sure if I should read it out. It's like 20 words. Um, but there's a part of it <laughs> at the end, um, that really speaks about, at, you know, in summation, um, that, you know, the most important thing is to get in the arena and do things um, mm -hmm. because, you know, it's not, you're not going to learn a lot chirping on the sidelines and there's more, uh, more honor and, you know, either succeeding or failing greatly uh, while, while doing things. Um, and I think that is a great quote because it relates to, I think, a lot of things that we just discussed, right? Mm -hmm. In the sense that, you know, leadership or individual growth does not come by in my in my world at least by learning about doing something it comes by doing it um and i don't think failure is ever an acceptable outcome but you know putting yourself in a position where you may fail because you don't know how you're going to do it is going to result in a lot more learnings than than not mm -hmm. so I, that's my quote i won't read the whole quote um but i would encourage anyone to look it up if, if you don't uh, don't have it because it's a it's a great quote it is for sure. And what I really love about that, Jeffrey, is that, um, you know, throughout the conversation and the way that you motivate your employees and the culture environment that you create for them, um, at least what, what resounded to me through the conversation was this um, go and do it attitude. 
and create an environment to help them get in the arena and not in the hopes of failing, but at least providing the opportunity to succeed and to be able to learn and grow from that. Yeah, we'll try. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing your entrepreneurial insights with Intuitive Performance and our subscribers. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Um, and for those of you who would like to learn more uh, about Jeffrey's business, we're going to be providing a link to his company uh, on our Elevate Business podcast title page. Take good care. Thank you very much for all of our subscribers to tuning in into another great episode of the Elevate Business uh, podcast. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuityperformance.com where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other. We are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.